Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm someone asking, what is a Sloop John B? (laughs) (laughs) What in God's green earth does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, what? Hey, here's a hobby I don't get. Sailing. This one over here wants to learn how to sail. I do. I don't necessarily want to learn how to sail, but I'd like to be on a sailboat. I don't. For a bit. I'd rather be in a hotel. I mean, <laughs> probably me too. Fuck, man. And if I'm going to be on a boat, a vessel of some kind, I want to be on a yacht. I want to be on a smooth sailing, drinking place. No, I, here's what pisses me off. Here he goes. An idea of like an old pirate ship. Sounds great. Like the, the friggin' Columbia at Does Disneyland. It? I'm saying it sounds more quaint. It sounds better. Okay. Here's what I don't get is the like the hobby sail sail ships where they like they turn on their side. Uh-huh. How was that fun? Because it's do a we challenge. Doing? It's a challenge, you say. I mean, you skateboarded, dude. Yeah, when I was fucking fifteen. Okay. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. I like how I'm arguing for sailing. I it's don't just, care about it's, sailing. It's too many words and too many ropes and okay. what are we doing? Jib booms. Pissed. <laughs> Jig booms. Also, don't understand why we can't just say front of the boat, back of the boat, <laughs> left, right. What is with starboard, starboard? Port. Port. Aft. I guess it's because you want it to be no matter what, that's the side of the yes, boat, no matter the, where uh-huh. you are. Yep. Mm, whatever. Pissed. Yeah. Pissed. Well, it's been a long week for you guys. You know how I know it's been a long week for you guys? Because it's always a long week when you're an adult. <laughs> that's the truth. You've you've really been through it this week. You're ready for Friday. You're ready to just be done with the work week because that's every week. And if you're not an adult and you're listening, make sure you have permission. (laughs) Yeah, you probably shouldn't be. Full stop. (laughs) We tried. I mean, we tried. For the first little bit, we did. Gorsh. (laughs) I posted a thing about the podcast. We were talking about this earlier on on Dad's Disneyland former cast member Facebook group, which is growing exponentially every day. It's pretty cool. He's got well over 7,000 followers now. It's pretty cool. And yeah, I post something about the podcast, like check it out, blah blah blah. And then, <laughs> do you notice Mom's comment was like a clarification, like mostly Disney, all funny, you know, like <laughs> yeah, watch out for the f words. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Oh, <laughs> uh, I do feel bad for people that find our episode randomly. Just I don't through the algorithm. Bummer. Ooh, a nice wholesome family podcast to yeah. listen to. Welcome yeah. to the jungle, kids. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> You're gonna die. <laughs> Have you seen Axel Rose lately? What he looks like? No. He looks like someone's aunt. He looks like a doll <laughs> that someone made to look like Axel yeah, Rose. Yeah, he looks crazy. Yeah. He went elderly rocker, which is basically elderly yeah. REI lesbian. Yeah, yeah he definitely like looks the like a doll guy. Yeah. Oh, dude. I mean, you know, I don't like, you know how I feel about ageism in music and really just any art form? I don't think you hit some age, you, you're not allowed to be a rock star. Not I at think all. That's bullshit. But it is kind of funny. Like, 
Definitely age gracefully is all I'm saying. <laughs> Have you seen pictures or video lately of Robert Smith from The Cure? Yeah. Boy, is it horrendous. Yeah. And I love The Cure. I do too. And I think Robert Smith and The Cure have every fucking right to still be touring and making records. I'm not saying that. But the full, like he looks, he's trying to look like he did Mm -hmm. in the early 80s. -hmm. And that just looks a little goofy when you're 60 something. Just grow with it, you know? Like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But who am I to say, you know? Who are you? I'm no one. Oh my God, who am I? You're a person wondering what a Sloop John B is. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Is it a part of the boat? It's a type of boat. A Sloop. I don't know about the John B. Too many names for types of boats, too. Just call it small small boat, medium boat, big boat, <laughs> yacht, cargo ship. I'm okay with that. What is, what's the difference between a gosh darn Sloop and a... Probably a lot. That we do not understand. There's no way. Oh, there is. I don't know, brother. (laughs) No, you're the brother. I'm the sister. That's true. Well, here's something else. Oh, This just in. It's still 82 and sunny at not Disneyland. And it's 92 and sunny at Disneyland. Garsh break. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's Elf. Elf? Elf. Are you saying Alf with an A? With an A. Alf. Alf. We're talking about <laughs> yes, Alf. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my god. The famous cat-eating alien. <laughs> yep. This week we're oh covering the cat munch and furry alien life form that Fuzz Bucket only wished he could have been. <laughs> Do you know what Alf stands for? Alien, alien life, life form. form. Is that clever. really? That's it. That's it. That's it. I just thought I was making that up. And these and people say that writers aren't special. Yeah, AI <laughs> would never have been able to come up with that. <laughs> um, and of course, just this week there was an announcement that Elf may be coming back. What? But I will have you know, no. I have been working on this episode. For months now, and we're planning to do it for months now, because of this pack of trading cards, elf (laughs) trading cards that I found at a vintage store a while back. And we're going to open them at the end of the episode. Excellent! If you have ever wondered what happens when you turn 40 and you don't have kids, this is it. You buy You buy elf trading cards, you do a podcast about elf, (laughs) you get really excited about doing a podcast about elf. I'm excited to be told about Elf. Yeah. I watched it growing up. Hell yeah. yeah. And all your kids are older, so welcome to the club, dude. None of my kids have ever seen it. Yeah, because why would they? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not one of those people who's like, what? How have they never seen Elf? Yeah. I think they're about to, because it's coming back, apparently. Well, I can't wait. Wait, so are they talking about bringing it back like reruns, or are they talking about redoing it? Oh, it's already in reruns. It's been in syndication. It's playing all over the time. Yeah. But uh, Ryan Reynolds' production company is bringing it back, apparently. Okay, I don't know how I feel about that. What was the story of Elf? Was he... Let's get into it. Oh, look at that. See? I'm a pro. So, the main character's real name is actually Gordon Shumway. Huh? That's Elf's real name. Why? That's just his name. Okay. Like the actor? Nope. Just the character. Is Gordon? Elf's character name is Gordon Shumway. I don't get it. Huh. Uh, But he insisted upon being called Elf, alien life form. Right. 
He comes to us from the planet Melmac, which has since exploded for reasons we will cover later. Okay. One day, Alf crash lands on Earth, specifically in the garage of the suburban middle-class Tanner family. Oh, that's right. Not that Tanner family, right? a different Tanner family. Right. This is pre-Full House. Yeah, not yes. Danny Ta- Tanner. Danny Tanner. Yeah, Danny? not Danny, Danny Tanner. Taint is better. Taint. <laughs> I thought you said taint. No. Danny Taint is better. That was weird. It didn't roll off the tongue at all. Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner. Danny, Danny Tanner. Michelle Tanner. And then was it DJ? DJ Tanner, Deej, Deej, and Stephanie. Speaking of the Beach Boys, dude. I know. I know. What? <laughs> okay. All comes back. So this Tanner family lived in the San Fernando Valley. That's California. Yep. Um. So the father of the household was named yeah. Willie. Okay. And Alf had been following an amateur radio signal from the father of the household, Willie, a social worker, an amateur radio enthusiast, and an avid collector of scale model train sets. Okay. Willie Tanner. Okay. I don't remember this at all. This is all the first episode. Right. And that's how these shows are. It's like mm-hmm. the first episode and Tells then they you never, everything. Yeah. They and then, never revisit yeah. it ever again because it doesn't matter. Right. It's just a vehicle for silliness. <laughs> so he crash lands into this thing, and they're like, okay, what do we do now? So the Tanners, including wife Kate, teenage daughter Lynn, and son Brian, nicknamed mm. B, as well as their pet cat, Lucky, they take in Elf until he can fix his spacecraft to get off Earth again. Right. The alien task force is on the hunt for Elf, so they have to be really careful to keep him well hidden from the nosy neighbors. Kate, the mother, majored in art history and sometimes works in real estate. Like her husband, she was a flower child during the 60s. Stupid hippie. Teenage daughter Lynn becomes one of Alf's best friends. And then there is another boy, Eric, born in season three, the youngest child that was written into the story because the actress playing Kate was pregnant. (laughs) Sick. It is eventually revealed that Alf's home planet, Melmac, exploded as a result of nuclear war, <gasps> which he he missed only because he was off planet at the time. Wait, who who shot the nuke? The aliens? Other aliens. Okay. They also um, have nukes? Yeah. Okay. Um, he was off planet at the time, so he survived uh, because he was part of the Melmac orbit guard. So he was in orbit guarding the planet. Right. Okay. So Alf is homeless, but he's not the last survivor of his species. There are a few others scattered about. In <sighs> one episode, Alf hears about Earth's own nuclear weapons capabilities and tries to convince President Ronald Reagan to abandon the U.S.'s nuclear weapons no program way. in order to save planet Earth from complete annihilation. Holy cow. I Do you really remember the show? Because I really just remember, like, bits and blips. Just yeah, the general I definitely idea. do. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I don't. I don't remember, like, an episode or, no, you know. No, I don't remember the storyline except that it was an alien who wanted to eat their cat. And and he was, like, a wisecracking yeah. that's guy that spoke English. Did totally. he drink beer? He, we'll get into it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so we haven't covered the cat thing yet. Uh-uh. No. All right. Wait, hold on. Do we cover why he speaks English? No. Okay. He just does. He just does. Okay. It's sort of like how everyone in any sort of like a period piece yeah. speaks with a British accent, no <laughs> right. matter where they are. Right. Yeah. It's ancient yeah. Rome. Uh-huh. They're all British. Sure. So in the episode with the nuclear weapons, Alf finagles a way to get patched through to Air Force One and tells the president 
quote, listen, I know you're a busy guy, so I'll make this brief. (laughs) All I wanted to talk to you about were your bombs. We've only got one planet, so why don't you and the Rushski ease up a little, won't ya? Dude, I have to watch this show now. This sounds amazing. (laughs) So he becomes a permanent member of the family, although... His culture shock, survivor guilt, general boredom, despair, and loneliness frequently cause difficulty for the Tanner family. Despite the problems and inconveniences his present brings into their lives, they also grow to love him. No. Episodes dealt with Alf learning about Earth and making new friends both within and outside the Tanner family, including Willie's brother, Neil, who moves in for a time after his wife divorces him. Kate's widowed mother, Dorothy, with whom Alf has a love-hate relationship, and Dorothy's jazz musician boyfriend and later husband, Wizzer. Wizzer? He's a jazz musician named Wizzer. Of course he is. sweet name. Then there are nosy neighbors, Trevor and Raquel, who take in Trevor's nephew, Jake. Uh, Jake was sent to live with his uncle and aunt after his father was in jail. Um, And Trevor harbors unrequited love for the daughter, Lynn. There's a psychologist named Larry and a blind woman named Jody who never figures out that Alf is not human, although she is aware through touch that he is short and hairy. (laughs) Wait. She's like, this is a talking dog. (laughs) Wait, how does she not know that he's not human? She's blind. Oh, I didn't hear that very yeah. important part. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, this is dealing with a lot of things. He really needs I mean, to shave. He's from Germany. Just deal with it, okay? <laughs> huh. um, there are a few people who do end up seeing the mystery alien, including a hobo named Pete Finnegan, who hung around the Tanner house and spotted Elf during Thanksgiving. Old Pete. Mm-hmm. Old Pete. Damn. And Uncle Albert, Willie's uncle, who literally dies of shock when he discovers Elf staying in a tent in the backyard. Wow. What? He, he dies? Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and we meet four other Malmatians in the course of the series from his planet, from Malmec. Okay. Rhonda, Skipper, Rick, and Stella. That's a lot. Rhonda. Yeah. <laughs> did they, uh... Rhonda, I think, is his love interest. Yeah, did they do it? Do you see a little... Nope. You know what I mean? Alf spends four seasons trying to eat the pet cat Lucky. Aw. As cats are the equivalent of cattle on Melmac. How do you feel about this, Ashley? Don't just skip over this. How do you feel? I mean, it's cute because it never happens. But it's upsetting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thought of a, a whole civilization that's using cat in that I don't way. like that. I probably Farming was cats. the one that ended up nuking them, come to think of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. The cat-eating concept carried sporadically into the second season with references including a wedding cat instead of a wedding cake, which is what they have cute. on Melmac. That's cute. Wait, so he doesn't devour cats on Earth, or does he? He doesn't devour Lucky, despite four years of trying. Does he eat cats on the show, though? I don't think he does. I don't, I don't remember, remember if he actually does. He just always It's just a reference does. to it? Yeah. He's just like, mm, that'd be tasty, and then yeah. everyone laughs. But over time, he comes to love and respect the family pet. And when Lucky passes, instead of eating him, Alf gets himself a new cat with the intention of eating it instead. (laughs) But then he grows fond of that cat Ah. and allows it to be adopted by the family and named it Lucky too. Although he admits to the Tanners that he has become the worst kind of Malmatian or Malmachian, a cat lover. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah, Right, right. Big... Pussy. 
<laughs> okay, so the series was taped at Century Studios in Culver City, California. Yep. And it aired on NBC from September of 86 to March of 1990 for four seasons with 99 episodes, including oh. three one-hour special episodes. Dang. Okay, that explains that, because we were pretty young then. Well, I, yeah, I was six. Yeah. I remember watching it for sure. I just don't remember. Oh, I remember watching it, but yeah. like Full House was more the next generation of shows. Right. We were a little bit older by then. Charles in Charge. Family mm-hmm. Matters, all that shit. Yeah, okay. Right. So it's, it really is more of an 80s thing. Yep. Um. So Alf was performed by puppeteer and co-creator of the show, Paul Fusco. However, in the scenes... um. Where the character appeared in full body, yeah, uh, there was a small costumed actor that was briefly used in an uncredited at that time role, a two foot nine inch Hungarian born actor, Michu Mazaros. Whoa, uh, Mazaros's service became too costly as well as time consuming, and so that full elf costume was abandoned after the first season. It was just puppets from then on. After, wow, I don't remember. Do you see him walking around very often, or is it just, just a little bit in the in the beginning? Right. It's really him just like waist up on a couch yes. cracking jokes. Right? Yeah. Behind a counter. Totally. Just being a yes, wise ass. Yes, always behind something. Yeah. And he never had clothes on from what I remember. No. No, he didn't need them. Just covered in covered fur. Covered in fur. Sick. Do um, we uh, ever see, you know what I mean? Okay. Move parts. Do we see what he's packing? <laughs> what was the planet name again? Melmac. Melmac. Melmac pack. Melmac and packing. Did we ever see what he's packing on Mel Mac and Mel Mac and Packin? Producer Bernie Brillstein was approached to see Fusco's audition with a puppet character, but was initially uninterested. Having managed Jim Henson for years and regarding Henson as the best puppeteer in showbiz. However, mm-hmm. Fusco's brief performance as Alf won over Brillstein, who thought that the character was hilarious and strong enough to be the focus of a series. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He was a smart ass. Um, the set for Alf was, his little set was built on a platform raised four feet above the ground with trap doors constructed at many points so that Alf could appear almost anywhere. Cute. <laughs> Love that. Fusco operated him from underneath, so the unoccupied holes all over the floor were deep and treacherous. Of course. It was the 80s. Yeah. Sick. The, the trap doors had to be reset multiple times, sometimes during a single scene. Principal puppeteer Paul Fusco, who was mainly left-handed when puppeteering, used his left hand to control Alf's mouth, while his right hand controlled Alf's right arm. Another puppeteer, Lisa Buckley, who would go on to perform on Sesame Street, assisted Fusco beneath the stage, operating Alf's left arm. (laughs) Whoa. Wild. At times, when Alf's body was, full body was shown in the sitting position, Lisa controlled Alf's left hand by cable, allowing slight finger movements. And then there was additionally a third puppeteer, Bob Fapiano, who controlled Alf's ear and facial movements via radio control off screen. Wild. (laughs) I feel like puppeteering at that level it sounds like a great job at first. It sounds tedious. But it's probably yeah. really tedious. A lot. I mean, I guess all of film crew jobs are the same. I'm just picturing myself smashed right up against another human. Yeah. For yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Right. And I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, just, it's, you're on set all day. I don't want to be that close to Hurry anyone for that long. Right. Oish. Um, so during tapings, Fusco would wear a head-mounted microphone to record Alf's voice. 
So he also voiced oh, him. Oh, okay. Um, the process resulted in numerous mistakes and retakes, making it impossible to record Alf in front of a live audience. So mm. a laugh track was added during post-production. It doesn't sound like it at all. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Fade down. <laughs> God, I hate laugh tracks so much. I know. You can, I can't think about it too much. Nope. As soon as you nope. hear it, it's all you can hear. Mm-hmm. It's awful. At least with shows like Friends and Seinfeld, they actually were in front of an, a live audience. They clearly added stuff to it. Right. But I was friends. Yeah, it actually is. It kind kind of not a lot. all scenes, but most. I didn't of the, think it was. Yeah. No, mo- like ninety five percent of it okay. is, and it's very much. They have like a warm up stand up that comes yeah. out. Yeah. You know they like different get the takes crowd in of and, things. Yeah. And you even like because I'm a friends dork. I've watched documentaries about it. They have like the writers come out and do little huddles with the audience, and they like work on what jokes land better with audience. It's actually super audience-based. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's actually kind of cool. To um, avoid wear and tear on the principal ALF puppet, the performers rehearsed with a crude early version of ALF nicknamed Ralph for rehearsal alien life form. I want to see that. Okay. Yeah, no shit. Fusco did not like to rehearse and would often substitute his hand or Ralph for the real ALF puppet during rehearsals. Okay. So, due to the inherent nature of producing a show featuring hand-operated puppets, ALF was technically difficult and extremely demanding on series creator Fusco, as well as its four lead actors. All four confirmed during a 2000 People magazine interview that there were constantly high levels of tension on set. Really? It was... Oh, that's amazing to hear. Um, It's so bad. Okay, so Max... Some- Ding dong show like Elf has drama. Drama. Wow. Max Wright, who played Willie, stated that he despised supporting a technically demanding inanimate object that received most of the good lines of dialogue. (gasps) Jealous of Elf. He admitted to being, quote, hugely eager to have Elf over with. Artie Lang, who later worked with Wright on The Norm Show, told... Um, of a time when Wright had become crazed and physically attacked Alf, causing producers to have to pull Wright off of the puppet. Artie Lang was on that show? Or no. worked on the show? He worked with Wright later. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and Shadeen, who played Kate, said that on the last night of taping the final episode, quote, there was one take and Max walked off the set, went to his dressing room, got his bags, went to his car and disappeared. There were no goodbyes. Drama. Wow. Max Wright later admitted that as the years passed, he looked back at Alf with less animosity and conceded that it, quote, it doesn't matter what I felt or what the days were like. Alf brought people a lot of joy. Yeah. Well, he was hilarious. I mean, just thinking about Alf makes me giggle. Yeah. Every time. Um, Shadeen herself said, quote, there was no joy on set. No joy. Jeez. It was a technical nightmare, extremely slow, hot, and tedious. That seems a little intense. No joy, nothing? Nothing. No joy. No memories. A 30-minute show took 20, 25 hours to shoot. While fond of her on-screen children, Shadeen said that some adults had difficult personalities. Uh The whole thing was a big dysfunctional family, she said. It's astonishing that Alf really was wonderful and that word never got out what a mess our set really was. (laughs) Andrea Elson, who played teenage daughter Lynn, suffered from bulimia during the second season of shooting and stated, quote, if Elf had gone on one more year, everyone would have lost it. 
Wow. <laughs> John LaMotta, or LaMotta, <laughs> who played Trevor, the neighbor, said to TMZ, quote, I thought the show Elf was a piece of shit. Worst work I ever did. Oh my wow. god. This is like like behind the scenes on the fucking Eagles or something. I know. Yeah. They hated each other. <laughs> yeah, it's that like rumors. Amazing. <laughs> Elf is rumors and they're Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You know people were snorting coke on the set of Alpha. <laughs> they had to have been. It was the 80s. <laughs> um, in reference to that tension, Fusco commented in 2012 that, quote, it's just the nature of the beast. There was no way we could have made it go any further or any faster. I think it was frustrating that it would take so long, but people got paid for what they did. There you go. Despite what people thought, there was a lot of tension on set. Like, there really wasn't. That's what he says. That's yeah. It's his baby, though. Right. The, the, sh- the, the show creator always says shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Tina Fey said that her biggest frustration as a producer of NBC's 75th anniversary special was dealing with Alf's people. What oh. does that mean? All the people involved with Alf. Fina's Fina, wow. Faye said Fusco would only allow Alf to appear on the show if the puppeteers were hidden from everyone else. After Alf's cameo alongside former Family Ties star Michael Gross, Alf disappeared through a hole in the riser, was stuffed into a case, and immediately removed from the building. (gasps) He's like Elvis. Yes. (laughs) I like to think of Alf being a real person, and it's like his people. Yeah. He just walks in and demands very specific things. Yeah. His Mm -hmm. writer. He's just a nightmare to work with. (laughs) Alf scored its highest ratings during season two, but dropped a bit during season three and then plummeted during season four. The season-ending cliffhanger for season four became an unintentional series finale when NBC gave Alien Productions a verbal commitment for a fifth season, but ultimately withdrew its support. Bastards. Um, There's a good amount of censorship that went into the show and i have many examples like his nose was supposed to be more phallic shaped or <laughs> less phallic shaped fusco commented in 2007 that his most enjoyable experience on alf was sitting in the writers room and pitching jokes while pushing the limit as to what nbc censors would allow that's fun fusco commented that quote the greatest things were the jokes we couldn't put in the show. Specifically, puns dealing with Alf eating cats and other pets were problematic after NBC reported that a child placed a cat in a microwave after <gasps> watching the show. That's just a dumb kid. Yeah, that's just that's dumb. a really stupid yeah, child. NBC's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that the parents' fault right there. You can't say anything. If you can't imply that this alien eats a cat, what can you say? <laughs> Jeez. God. Communists. In the pilot episode, Alf is seen consuming a beer with Brian. Fusco defended the premise, saying that Alf is 285 years old. He can drink beer. He's old enough. However, as Alf became more popular with children, NBC told Fusco, you can't have him drinking. The kids are watching. It's a bad role model. Really? I remember him being like Al Bundy. Yeah, he he did it first. beer and making fart jokes and stuff. Apparently he did it first. Oh, um, there's huh. even an episode later on where Alf inspires an alcoholic to check into rehab after a night of drinking with her, uh, making her think that he was actually a hallucination. That's hysterical. <laughs> like that's that is so funny. That's the problem with shows like this. They don't they don't stick to the identity. Like Married with Children was a very dark, disgusting show. Yeah, and they stuck to it. They I didn't loved, apologize. I love that show. So good. It was so good. And Al Bundy was one of the funniest characters on earth. He was more like anyone's dad 
than like Danny Tanner was. Yeah. I mean, he's a shithead, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, too bad, because that's how I remember Alf being. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, in one episode, Alf tries to simulate a jacuzzi by bringing Kate's electric mixer into a bathtub, <gasps> thus receiving an electrical shock that causes amnesia for him. <laughs> um, Fusco ended the original episode with a public service announcement from Alf himself, warning of the dangers of mixing water and electricity. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Dude, these scripts are so funny. There's just garbage stories, right? Yes. That's great. Oh, man, I got to watch this now. Um, despite this, NBC reported that a child attempted to recreate the scenario and nearly electrocuted himself in the process. See, that's your problem, producers. You're trying to make Alf a, like a family-friendly kid yeah. guy. If you leaned into beer drinking, like, <laughs> that would have been so much funnier. <laughs> and um, kids would have not liked it. Right, but then maybe the adults wouldn't like it enough to keep it on air. Right. Right. Um, Fusco was forced to refilm that sequence, replacing the electric mixer with a manual egg beater. Um, So Elf's amnesia is instead caused by a cranial concussion after slipping in the shower. And they changed um, the zap of the electricity to a thud instead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's wild. I know. (laughs) I want to read these scripts. So in 2010, <laughs> blooper footage surfaced in which Alf was made to deliver racial jokes and sexual comments. Yeah. He was actually mocking a then recent episode of LA Law dealing with Tourette syndrome. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, this version of the show would have been so much better. <laughs> Asked to comment, producer Steve Lamar stated that the footage was from an area when things were, quote, not so ridiculously PC. Okay. The footage, voiced by Fusco, is shown dropping the N-word a few times. Ooh, I don't like that. And making some sexual comments. Yeah, I do sucks. like that. Yeah. <laughs> don't like, do like. Elf is shown going on an expletive-filled tirade, jokingly dropping words like a-hole, hard-on, and the aforementioned N-word. Oof. The show's staff is heard laughing in the background. According to TMZ, one of the show's producers, Steve Lamar, says it's not a big deal. You're talking about 20 years ago, he told TMZ. Anyone that's offended needs to lighten up already. You know what's funny about that? Yeah, you could argue that times are sensitive and, you know, there's the wokeness going on or whatever. But it's always been like that. We just got done covering episode about, you know, McCarthyism and mm-hmm. the, the witch hunts of communism. You know, like, it, this this shit's been going on forever. It's always been this way. It's always... And in the 80s, it was like Reagan's... What, what was her name? Nancy Reagan. Mm-hmm. The just say no, mm-hmm. you know, anti-drug dare bullshit. And like, yeah, the, at, at a, a sweeping glance, drugs are bad. Just say no. That's all fine. But like, because of that, horrible laws were in place. Right. Very racist laws, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, it's just, we've always been this way. So, push back on that as much as you can. Because art should be fun and free and funny, but also you can criticize when people are, <laughs> when an alien life form is using the N-word on television. <laughs> Maybe not the best. Um, there were a few spinoffs and related programming. There was the animated series. Really? Oh, yeah, that's remember right. Remember that? That's right. To capitalize on the success of the series, a spinoff animated series was produced, airing Saturday mornings on NBC. And wasn't that for a while? Um, 
No, it was about a year. So oh, never mind. Okay. Elf, the animated series, set on Elf's home planet of Melmac, and it ran from 1987 to 88. Oh, wow. So, so was it like a prequel, or does he go back? It's a prequel. Awesome. Set on Melmac before the planet exploded. The show focused on Alf, his family, his friends, and his girlfriend, Rhonda, <laughs> and their various exploits. Fun. Each episode was bookended by a live action sequence involving Alf talking to the television viewers, setting up the episode, and then commenting on it afterward. Okay. When the cartoon entered its second season, it was paired in a one-hour block with its own spinoff, Elf Tales, which took <laughs> Gordon and the cast of characters from season one and recast them as characters from assorted classic fairy tales. I don't remember that. No. Wait. That sounds like Wishbone. Say, say that again. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to lean in closer. Say that all slowly. What did you just say? When the cartoon entered its second season. What cartoon? The Alf, Alf cartoon? The Alf? animated series. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. It was paired in a one hour block with its own spinoff, Alf Tales, which took Gordon, Alf, yeah. and the cast of characters from season one and recast them as characters from assorted classic fairy tales. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> That's insane. I it's know. Elfception. It just keeps getting further and further (laughs) away from the story and further and further away from God's light. Like you wake up and they're like, honey, I had the weirdest goddamn dream. Do you remember that show, Elf? And then I turn around and it's Elf. Yeah. (laughs) Wake up, James. Oh, my God. Um, Then there was, in 2004, Elf had a hit talk show debuted on TV Land, which featured Elf as a Johnny Carson type TV talk show host. I do remember that. I do too. Co-starring Ed McMahon as as his sidekick. Yeah. Guests included Drew Carey, Tom Green, and Merv Griffin. It ran for seven episodes. Who was, who was Elf in that show? Was it the same puppeteer? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like that's him. Mm -hmm. He is. He He is is Elf. Okay. Um, following the end of the series, there was a made-for-TV movie produced um, in 1996, intending to give the series a proper end. It's called Project Elf. It starts right after the series finale, but um, because of the absence of the Tanner family, which they were sent to Iceland for some reason in the storyline, sure. um, it failed at obtaining success. Uh, May of 20- twenty. Wait, wait, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm just I'm trying to figure out how that family ended up in Iceland. I know, and I just can't. Get it might there. have been like witness protection or something because they were harboring, <laughs> harboring an, a an alien. Dude, this was such a wild and kooky goddamn time for shows. Yeah, Sarah, what was that one show with the daughter that was a small wonder fucking robot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell was that story? I encourage you to not right now. Google. Small Wonder video. What is the plot of that show? She's a robot daughter. What does that mean? She's a robot daughter. That's the whole right. plot. That's all I remember that's too. It. And that's all you need to remember. She like has to be turned on and yeah. off. Did she the powers dad create down. her or something? I don't remember. It's like, it's so, so it's Pinocchio. Creepy. It's yeah. But, but it was she's a hit. Really lifelike because real. it's a real girl. It's a acting real girl. It. That is so disturbing. I miss out on that. There are weird, so many weird shows like that. And we all just went along with it because back then you had seven choices. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, back in 2012, uh, Paul Fusco said that he was pitching another ALF movie, and in August of 2012, it was reported that Sony Pictures Animation had acquired the rights to ALF and would develop the property into a CGI live-action hybrid feature. Yeah. This did not go anywhere. Okay. In August of 2018, it was announced that Warner Brothers would produce an ALF reboot. The reboot would have likely focused on Alf returning to Earth with a new family and characters. Warner Brothers was talking about it? Mm-hmm. And then in November of 2018, it was reported that the reboot was canceled. I just love to think in these pitch meetings. It's like... Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> I have a green light show. We can we can start production. They're like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. Do you remember the show, Alf? Do you remember? <laughs> We're going to do Elf. it again, but 1986 worse. Alf. <laughs> we are ready to reboot Alf. In February of 2022, it was announced that Shout Factory had acquired distribution rights to the Alf titles and the would... what factory? Shout! Exclamation point factory. Okay. Uh, they would develop new Alf-related content. And just this week, Ryan Reynolds' production company, Maximum Effort, announced their involvement. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> Alf never dies. Long live Alf. Um, I have excerpts from a Los Angeles Times article from December of 1987 that Ooh. I had to include because it really gives you a feel for the time. Can't yeah. wait. Okay, the title. Alf, the Star Trek of NBC's furry resident alien. How a wisecracking puppet toddled into the hearts of viewers. Okay, here we go. Nancy Reagan. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do um, a fancier voice. Okay. Nancy Reagan invited Alf to the White House last week to entertain at a children's Christmas party. There, Alf discovered that the president, the first lady, and his daughter Maureen are three of millions of adult fans nationwide who have rocketed to what many critics initially dismissed last season as a silly children's show into the Nielsen Top 15. Ooh. How popular is this brazen, wisecracking alien with the homeliest face on television? <laughs> if Alf ran for president, and he's a lot like Mar- uh, Mario Cuomo at this point, says Tom Patch, executive producer and co-creator of the show, I bet he would get over three million views. <clears throat> Not bad, Pritchett thinks, for a big-nosed, big-eared actor from the planet Melmac. Until he remembers that the last actor who ran for president made it all the way to the White House. But then Patchett finds solace in the fact that Elf is at least more telegenic than Soviet leader Mikhail S. Gorbachev. When NBC preempted Elf to air its exclusive interview with Gorbachev this month, the network switchboard was overrun with complaints from children, and NBC's usually laudable Monday night ratings plummeted. (laughs) Someone wrote that. (laughs) I think more adults are giving themselves permission to like the show, Patchett says. Mm. At first, there was a resistance on the part of adults who watched something that they perceived to be either a children's show or a show with a puppet, and maybe a great number of them rejected it out of hand. Now parents are spreading the word that this is funny and hip, that you can watch Elf and enjoy it. Hip. From the beginning, the creators of Alf knew that children would love him. Kids automatically seemed to adore the way he looks and the loud Catskill comic sound and rhythm of his voice. (laughs) And they are tickled whenever Alf burps or slams his hand on the refrigerator door. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there you go. Lean, Lean heavy on that. The writing on Alf is not Shakespeare or even Woody Allen. No, you don't say. But it's not Dr. Seuss or Punky Brewster either. Alf's speech is peppered with hip references to contemporary events and celebrities. 
One night, depressed about laying out being left out of a family event, Alf replies to insistence that he is part of the family. Yeah, just like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a part of the Kennedys, is what he said. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. fired, Alf. Schwarzenegger fired. is related to the clan by marriage. In another episode, having run away to a monastery, Alf invoked the name Cat Stevens, the one-time pop superstar who gave up music and fame to become a Muslim. <laughs> oh, to become a Muslim. With the children instinctively hooked, Patchett says that his le- his challenge was to attract at least part of the same sophisticated audience that had gravitated to his earlier work. Alf's own sense of humor is really quite juvenile. He burps, dresses up in women's jewelry, and laughs at his own insane jokes. <laughs> but he is also outspoken, uninhibited, and unencumbered by normal human rules of etiquette and conversation. The adorable alien exposes the foibles and absurdities of suburban living, and his fundamental honesty and simple outrageousness of Alf's adopted family, for otherwise sane and exceedingly normal human beings, actually carrying on regular human conversations with him. (laughs) That has charmed the adult audience as well as the children. He says what we're all thinking in the back of our minds, but we're always afraid to say out loud. Like Trump! Says Fusco. His voice, a low, zany baritone, sounds vaguely familiar. But Fusco insists that many people believe in Alf just as they believe in Santa Claus. And he's not about to spoil the illusion. So many people want to believe he's real, Fusco says. (laughs) Alf is in fact very real to me. He has his own dressing room. He speaks for himself. I prefer to preserve that. When you know how it's done, it's just not as fascinating anymore. Alf is so fascinating and so realistic, in fact, that he gets invited to birthday parties nearly every day. <laughs> and mothers have told cast members that their children cry every Monday night when Alf ends. Though they realize the television shows, no matter how popular, don't last forever, Patchett and Fusco are convinced that their character is destined to survive far beyond his present incarnation. Wow. When the show wins, I suppose Alf could always become the center square on Hollywood Squares, <laughs> Fusco says. <laughs> This fucking guy, man. (laughs) Delusions of grandeur. And finally, Alf was a German pop star. Oh. What now? A German pop star. That was his, like, character? Nope. No. So so David Hasselhoff and Alf were both German pop stars Alf became big. Right around the same time. In Germany. Okay. Tommy Piper, who was the actor who dubbed Alf's voice in German, recorded two albums and four singles between 1988 and 1991. What? There are the singles. There's these four names. Not as Alf, though. As Alf. As Alf. As Alf. Singing as Alf. Alf performs these Alf-centered songs. Oh, God. Can we listen to them? We can. There's Frofest. Like, like Frolick. Frofest. Mm-hmm. Es tut so wohl schon sein. It feels so good and nice to be lazy. Hallo, <laughs> Alf. Here is Rhonda. Here is Rhonda. Okay, right. That's his gal. And Alf's Geburtstag's boogie woogie. <laughs> Alf's boogie woogie. Uh, birthday boogie woogie. And the most bizarre, a hip hop number called Alf wird unser Bundeskanzler. Or Alf will be our chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Can we um, listen to these tunes? Yeah, here, I'm going to give you this that has the links on them. Okay. And maybe if you 
I don't however you want to do it. Um. Well, while James is looking for pop music by Alf, um, this just in, as of Monday, June 13th, 2016, uh, Michu Mazaros, the actor who originally played Alf, Alf in the costume. Two foot for, nine inches. Yeah. It says he was 33 inches tall. Wow. And he was credited for 11 episodes. He died. At 76. Damn! He had a stroke in 2008, and then he had some kind of something happen to him, and he died a week later. But what's crazy is he was the smallest man on Earth while a teen, and he joined the Hungarian Circus, and then he joined the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus in the 70s, and he starred in two Pepsi commercials with Michael Jackson <laughs> and appeared in Hollywood films such as Big Top Pee-wee and Warlock 2 Armageddon. Um, <laughs> there's a photo here of Michael Jackson holding him like a baby. Oh, no. I don't like that. Ew. Yeah. Rest in peace, buddy. Which one's this? Frofest. Frofest. It's not good. That sounds like Adolf Hitler <laughs> just having a complete mental breakdown. That's what he that's what he was doing right as the ally forces were coming and he committed suicide. Alright, here's a... I won't even try to pronounce the name. Ashley, go ahead. Can you see that? Oh, this is the it feels good and nice to be lazy. Oh yeah. Oh, it's oh. got a little Hawaiian situation. Alf is wearing a cute little Hawaiian shirt. In the photo, yeah. And he has a ukulele. This isn't music. No. <laughs> it's like he's just making a grocery list. <laughs> he's just talking about it. Tomatoes and lettuce and cheese and... There's no music there. That's not a song. That's just talking like Alf I want to hear the Ronda one. This is the Ronda one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hello, Alf. Ich bin Ronda. It is Ronda. Wow. This is beautiful. Okay. <laughs> I don't like this. Does he join? <laughs> He's once again not singing. Not singing at all. What the hell's happening? <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is what music would sound like. This is what pop music would sound like if the Nazis had won the war. <laughs> you think? This is all we would hear. <laughs> it would just be oh, that. Oh, he's singing. He's singing. 
<laughs> Hell yeah, man. It's a banger. Dude. Look, Alf. He, he's Don't forget real... the hip hop one. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, that's the most important one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Which one is it here? Because everybody's that, going on this ride with us. None of us have heard these. Alf Goobert's Boogie yep. Woogie. Oh, no, one? not that one. That's, no, the, that's birthday. the birthday one. Oh, okay. Weird Insert Brooklyn. The Chancellor one. Yep. Alf will be our Chancellor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, that is some sick beats. <laughs> Did you say Liebensrum? What does that mean? Like, Liebensrum? It's taken over Europe for Liebensrum? Oh, boy. Is this what Nazis listen to? Shut up. <laughs> no. This isn't actually as good as I thought it was going to be. How is this a rap? For a minute, I was picturing myself in, like, fifth grade dancing to this on a stage at a talent show, but not anymore. Okay, I mean, <laughs> that, that is some of the most bizarre sounds I've ever heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it did well? In Germany. Hmm. I mean. Sorry, Germany. Up your game. Some more thoughts on Germany. That's another strike against your stupid people, Ashley. Whew. My sources were all headline news, dangerous minds, HTML giant, and LA Times. And now we're going to open the Topps brand ALF. Hell yeah. Um, trading cards. Yes. Trademark 1987 Alien Productions. <laughs> it includes a special Booyah baseball card inside. Woo. Oh, yeah? And it has gum. It has a stick of bubblegum. Oh, my gum. God. From 1987. Oh, boy. It turns you Who's going to eat it? I'm not touching you'll, it. You'll turn into Elf if you eat it. There's three pieces. Okay, fine. I'll I'm taste not it. That in a I'll snip I'm it. I'm doing it. I'll do it. I already have a terrible stomach. Oh, God. <laughs> you just chip your tooth? Oh, my God. Here, here I'm going to do mine. I... <laughs> The audience can hear that. <laughs> I'm sure that is they can. so much louder in this room. <laughs> Ashley's spitting it out. That yeah. is the last one. Oh, laptop down. Mine went into my Del Taco cup. Hell yeah, man. It tastes like a piece of PVC pipe yeah. that sat out in the summer <laughs> for like 10 years and like calcified. It doesn't even mm-hmm. smell like anything. No, it no. does not. I, ch- I chomped on it like it was going to be gum. I know. And it was not gum. I'm so glad you did it first. <laughs> I just, I put it in my mouth like a communion wafer and then didn't do anything yeah. with it yet. I was like, ah. Let's see what happens. All right. Here, let's... we'll each take two. Okay. All right. Thank you. I have the family sitting around a dinner table and it says, TV dinner. Isn't the picture tube a little tough to get down? I don't know what that means. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Oh, and it has facts about him. Oh, this is a peel here thing. Ooh, a sticker. Yeah. Ooh, it is a sticker. Okay, I've got Elf in front of, like, a magic ball. He's dressed like a gypsy. And it, he's saying, I can't see the future, but I am getting a rerun of different strokes. Yeah. 
And then go ahead. The dad, another one where the dad is looking at the daughter and Alf and he's saying, I don't mind if you go steady, just not with each other. Ew. Ew, indeed. Okay, mine is him sitting at the coffee table with the toy. And it says, I wanted a new car for my birthday, but this is ridiculous. And it's just a car toy. Oh, my God. And then there's stuff on... You guys have stuff on the back? Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, Melmac facts. Yeah. Alf, his life and times. Once for the holidays, Alf whipped up his favorite dessert. Unfortunately, none of the none of the Tanners enjoyed it as much as Alf had hoped they would. No one had told him that humans don't like caterpillar pudding. Ew. Melmac fact. Malmatian mice could actually ride bicycles, although they never did. <laughs> what? What? Who wrote that? The facts are actually fantastic. Uh, Melmac fact. All trees on Melmac were numbered. The tallest one was number four, 42,256. Huh. Okay. And also, another Melmac fact. Old Melmatian proverb. All that glitters is not soup. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I've got, due to Melmac's explosion, Alf's patrol ship was sent hurtling into deep space. If he hadn't been wearing his seatbelt, Alf would now look like Sean Penn. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either, and I don't know if that's offensive or not. I think it's supposed to say that he thinks Sean Penn's ugly, but we all know that Sean Penn isn't ugly. But he's an alien, and so he probably thinks everybody's ugly. Melmac right. fact. Mel- Melmatians wore fresh fruit under their arms when they showered. Okay, that doesn't Okay, track. so the, the sticker card that I got, it says, be there or be square. And he's pointing up. Don't know what that <laughs> means. And then on the back of it is just a bowl, like a salad bowl with tongs. On top of a cooler. No words. No description. So it's because you could collect all of those cards and it makes some picture. That's right. Oh. So you are indeed see. seeing a salad bowl with tongs on a cooler okay. and no okay. reference point like, at the all. What does that mean? I have that same exact cooler to this day. Sick. Well, this was a wild episode. And it, again, it covered... A very bizarre time in show history. I have to show you this Booyah baseball card. It's Elf oh, as a so baseball cool. player. And it's very, um, um, what is that called? Garbage Pail Kids? Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Which is another example of that era. Weird stuff. What the fuck were the Garbage Pail Kids? What did that even mean? I don't know, but um, my friend Aaron, his mom was on the campaign at school to yeah. outlaw them at school. See, now you know you've effed up if you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Let it, what a let waste it of oxygen. Uh-huh. Wait, so what was the name of the show with the robot girl? Small Wonder. Small Wonder. What was the... Punky... What was Punky Brewster about? Punky Brewster, she was um like she, an she, orphaned... She was, Yeah, right. And she lived with that old dude. The old white hair guy. Yeah. Yeah, and she was just a spunky little Punky Brewster girl. Yep. Okay. So that was more straightforward. She was just a... She was just a kid. Just a kid. Kind of hard knocks. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. And a lot of those shows back then have like super dark underlying stories. Oh, yeah. 
like most of them do like full matters is full matters that's not a thing family matters is a show that's dark uh full full house is the darkest one like his wife had just died uh-huh and his loser friend and loser <laughs> brother-in-law move in with him yeah, at the time, I remember thinking they're so cool. Like, yeah. Oh, man. But like, it's just three grown men. Just they couldn't figure it out. Sort of raising kids. Sort of. Yeah. Vaguely raising kids. <laughs> and Uncle Jesse is a loser. Just a loser. He's kind of in a band, but not really. What? What does he do? How does he pay for anything? What's his catchphrase? Have mercy. Have mercy. Because he was obsessed with Elvis. Yeah. And you couldn't talk about Elvis or touch the dew, touch his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Cool. Well, do we have any recommendations? Or we do. We, yeah? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, let me get it. I don't know what I have. Yeah, dude. Into a fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Is it this song that's your recommended content? My recommendation is Pet Sounds from the Beach Boys. Okay. And really just dig back into the Beach Boys and, and approach it from a different light a different angle mm-hmm. and try to see them as the artists that they truly were and i think it's a mistake to think of them as like 60s cheesy surfer music because you hear that kind of shit all the time like i don't i just don't get it like what's so special about that surfing usa like no one cares i'm super into that yeah all of it yeah G- give it another shot give it another shot well, my recommendation is an oldie, um, but I just watched it, so it's new to me. Uh, it's a drama series. There are only two seasons, and there should have been more. And okay. come on, let's figure this out, Netflix. But Marco Polo. It was from 2014, mm. and it's very uh. well done. It's the story of Genghis Khan's family after Genghis, or as they say in the Genghis, Genghis Khan. Genghis, right. After he's died and his son is the emperor, um, it's of Mong- Kublai. The Mongolian Khan. Empire? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And then him basically wanting to take over everything. And Marco Polo finds himself in that dynasty with the Ooh. emperor. And I have no idea how true any of it is because I'm not a historian. This and one over here never wants to watch these shows. It's so good. Yeah, I, I might have to watch that. It's a little her. gratuitous sometimes. I think, you know, kind of the like, titties and sucking yeah, and fucking think like Game of Thrones level right, gratuitous. Right. It's not quite as much as that, but it is it's it's, a little much. Yeah, but it's so good. And okay. It's really well acted. Yeah, uh, really well produced. I highly recommend it. Hell yeah, man. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm into it, dude. Dude, the animal heroes of the week are the various cats that played the role of Lucky <laughs> on Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky was played by several different cats, but the lead cat actor was named Sparks. 
<gasps> you think he's still alive? No. <laughs> Other felines on the team were named Gordo, Fat Cat, ah. Electra, and Sparkle. The trainer explained in a book how working on the series was a challenge since the cats had to get used to interacting with the puppet and not responding to the puppeteers manipulating Elf from below. I mean, it sounds like a nightmare. Having, like, you can train dogs on sets. You can't make a cat do anything they don't want to do. Goddamn thing. Good job, Sparks, Gordo, Fat Cat, Electric, and Sparkle. I love you. Yay. Yay. Here's to ya. Oh, what a girl oh, face. Oh, look at him. What a grampy boy or girl. He's cute. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See, See you real, real soon. Sam the Slam fan me. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at disneydependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WRHatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show and we'll be back here next week.